0: Guys, welcome uh, back to the Moral Minority Show. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We love to give a healthy kingdom perspective uh, from um, also a minority's perspective. Um, My name is Joshua Luckett. I work as a youth minister for a ministry uh, in Bryan, College Station, um, called um, Youth Impact. My goal with the ministry is that I Um, turn our kind of uh, group into a youth group. Uh, We have kids from kindergarten to 12th grade, and I work with high school and middle school. Um, These are uh, kids particularly from under-resourced families, and so what we do is we disciple them in biblical truth and prepare them for life after um, high school. And so, yeah, that is is what I do, and my co-host is?
1: Hi, I'm Nina Leon. We're so so very grateful that you have been so gracious to us of working out the kinks and just tracking with us throughout the duration of the podcast. has been so fun, even though we're only on the second episode <laughs> a little bit. I just work at SOS Ministries in Bryan, Texas. Uh, it is also a ministry that focuses on serving and loving an under-resourced community. And we, we introduce ourselves because I believe it's important to also just kind of give perspective of um, the minority side of things, like me being a Latina and, of course, Josh being
0: african-american and proudly african-american oh,
1: amen <laughs> um,
0: and you know like uh, you know like nina was saying we we're with our second episode in and um, we're trying to figure out how to work out the kinks and we want to speak on um, issues of justice topics of justice from a kingdom biblical perspective but also from a minority perspective and we felt like um as we're you know working out the kinks early on we just take a light topic um to kind of usher us in and so we decided to talk about abortion for the second episode that's light and easy enough to to oh, die for sure into. for sure yeah episode 2 just yeah, yeah and so we so we want to talk about this issue um uh from a minority perspective from a kingdom perspective um I am I'm a young black man And uh, therefore, I have a lot of family members who dealt with this issue. I have a lot of uh, my community in general, as we'll get into later in the podcast, who dealt with this issue. Um, And Nina.
1: Yeah, young Latina female, um, not only who know people who have had an abortion, both men or women specifically, and then men being on the other side of things, but also just being uh, within the the community that, you know, like women have the burden of choice within this. Um, so even being on the other side of things of like, you know, seeing the, just waiting for the pregnancy test to turn and, you know, just like living a, a very different life before Jesus um, and abortion was very real. And it was definitely an option if I'm being completely honest, but now just, you know, having Jesus being completely uh, broken and, and just just wanting to be very transparent about being on the other side of things uh, because, it is It is very real, right? We go through these things, absolutely. I mean I think it's important to be honest about them. absolutely. We come from a place where we see these things, but we've also experienced them um and I use we loosely just um because our experiences aren't the same like he's a dude and I'm not you know, but like at the heart of it, you know what we we're so passionate about giving a voice to the voiceless, um but also keeping the the word of God at center and just explaining um how we interpret God's truths and how we live our life in a way that is um, honoring and gives glory to the
0: scripture itself. Absolutely. And uh, and one of, one of the, the, what kind of what we're doing here for the first uh, four episodes of the podcast, really we'll be doing this on a major scale throughout the podcast at first, but uh, for the first four episodes, we're specifically talking about um, uh, women's issues, specifically talking about things that um, are politically and socially um, affecting women in a, in, a, in a major way. And so um, last week, it was a little bit more social. We talked about women in ministry in the church and, and how to think through that issue. Um, this week, uh, we chose to pick a really light issue. Um, <laughs> we decided to go Uh, with abortion
1: yeah absolutely Um, so I guess just to kick it off what scripture are we kind of basing it off of and the the first scripture that comes to mind when I even think of life itself you know and would be Psalm 139 13 through 17 uh, for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I pray you because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God, how vast the sum of them.
0: Dang. I uh, think David was probably one of the greatest song and poem writers that has ever existed absolutely so like he's a
1: complex dude because one minute he's like god you're so wonderful and you're so good to me and then the next minute he's like on a rock and he's like god kill them right now please you know like it's just so and honestly like i think if we're being completely honest each and every one of us can identify with him you know so i think that's right yeah you're totally
0: right well we're gonna have a conversation about toxic ma- toxic masculinity and i think david's David's going to really help in that conversation <laughs> 100%. because he was, he was a very balanced individual. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 lo- I love that psalm. I think it's so, it's so beautiful. Um, there's other things going on around it, of course, but um, at the very heart of it is just the very intimate and personal way in which God knows us. And of course, for our topic today, the very intimate and it's crazy personal way that God knows us when we're in our mother's womb Uh, we wouldn't think of it as being personal when you're in a uh, state where you're not very verbal and you're very quiet and you're very (laughs) you know vulnerable and needy but it is personal God says uh, or David says that we uh, he created our innermost parts and knit us together in our mother's womb and says uh, from that moment that we're fearfully and wonderfully made and So in the midst of all the conversation we're going to have about history, about politics, about all these different things, um, we can't lose sight of the fact that this has to be rooted um, theologically in that verse.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you want to just jump right in right to the history of abortion? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, we're taking it back. A good place to start, I think, would just more notably children in the Bible, Jesus and children, right, have childlike faith. I think that's something all of us have been told. There's so many sermons about having childlike faith, but like why is the child itself so important and right? And it doesn't just appear out of nowhere. It comes from somewhere. So Mm -hmm. the just birth in is so integral to the conversation. um, And that's where we're going to hit head on.
0: Yes. I I, I think what was so extraordinary and what needs to be a part of this abortion conversation, even though we're mostly talking, and the conversation of abortion is mostly framed around, um, children in the womb. I think it's still so important if we're going to say that life begins at conception, which is uh, I think what this first Psalm 139 really hints at, and what a lot of science actually really hints at as well, um, then we're talking about children. We're talking about children that are in the womb. And so watching how Jesus interacts with children in his ministry has to be vital to the conversation because it has so much to do with, with who Um, who God is and how God feels about children so one of the big reasons why um, people who would consider consider themselves pro-life are pro-life and are um, for the protection of vulnerable children because they would say that um, they are um, uh, children at conception um, is because we have just a long history from from our faith uh, founder all the way through church history of looking out for children. It it starts with um, the issue of infanticide. Infanticide was this terrible thing where um, children that were seen as non-valuable, especially female children that were seen as non-valuable and uh, financial um, dilemmas would be, after birth, would be placed um on the side of a road or in an abandoned desert or in dumpsters or all types of crazy places but mostly out to put out to die um, and Christians would come by pick these children up, raise them, um, adopt them and uh, of course disciple them into the faith the alternative to that was unfortunately that wicked, Men who were looking to um, uh, to to bolster up um, temple cults would also pick up these children and uh, use them for temple prostitutes, and the church was totally against that, and has continued to be against that um, throughout church history.
1: Right, and this isn't—I mean, yes, it is history, but it's crazy to think that this is actually still happening today. Yes, so, particularly for example in China, like wow. yes, even. I you know like just reading stories and I was watching a, a documentary um a few years back and it was just a, it was called a baby box and people would come literally put their babies mainly with deformity so uh or have who had disabilities right mm. and this one man would raise every single one of them and it was a, just a beautiful story and people would adopt them out but yes it, it was a thing that there was less value if you had a woman ba- or a a baby who was a female right wow. um and, you know, it, but I, I just wanted to make the point that it's still happening today. Yeah. Like, it's not just something that was, like, yes, we're giving a historical context, but it is not just a thing of the past. That's
0: so crazy. I mean, so I I don't know if you knew this, but I worked at a, uh, for a couple summers before I got on staff at here at Grace, I, I worked at a special needs camp mm-hmm. or a camp for people with uh, children and adults with special needs. Um, and it was particularly... Uh, um, kind of morphed into being a, a safe space um, for them to just enjoy camp, have a great time, still do a lot of really fun activities that um, that you know they don't necessarily get to do at home activities that take you know uh, a, a lot of effort and a lot of surveillance like riding horses and doing zip lines and things like that and and it's so crazy for that life to be seen as useless.
1: Right. Yeah, it's just yeah.
0: insane having worked with those kids and adults and just knowing the the value that they bring and I mean even if they wouldn't bring any value how important their lives are just
1: because they're here yeah, yeah. And i think that's it's important to notice even on the the and maybe this is getting a little too far into it too quickly but the 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 kind of argument that some children are just better off dead so do it before before they're alive to suffer mm. right mm. and being me very i and i i think i'm very passionate about it because you know i was one of the quote-unquote kids who grew up and who should have ha- you know
0: been aborted right yes yeah, oh, well. been
1: aborted and wow. that is one thing like so I'm adopted. Um, I am very thankful for my biological mother. In a lot of ways, I, I I am super... There's just so much honor and respect because she did choose life, right? Mm-hmm. She may not have chose to uh, be the mother, mm-hmm. you know, and just be in my day-to-day life, but she did choose to have me. And, and mm-hmm. my life was not perfect. There was a lot of suffering. There was, you know, I was completely dependent on the state for a good majority of my life, if not almost all of it, up until 18, right? So mm-hmm. the, the quote-unquote welfare leech of what mm. I've heard. And you know that's like a mm-hmm. very extreme, mm-hmm. very, you know, but like those are things that I've heard in conversation and and I in turn have been like, "Oh my gosh, that's me." You know, like so I was the quote-unquote kid who needed to be aborted, but I am so glad I'm here and I mm. love life, and that's not to say everything was easy. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, definitely from that perspective. Yeah. I yes, yeah, absolutely.
0: Praise God for for the church being a space that not only that not only did an incredible job of of modeling this but of creating an atmosphere where we find that kind of behavior repulsive. Absolutely. Like we would never like we would never legalize or make policy in America where children would be put out to die or special mm-hmm. needs to because the church in many ways has created that environment and has brought that moral um, standard to the west and to the into the world and and it's even affecting China like you talked about that man that um. Uh, saves those? Is it sa- did, was he saving children from boxes? They no. Were so boxes? they were
1: being put in a box, and this okay. box was uh, like a little chute, and so they would send it down to his basement where he was, and so there would just be this bell, and he would be like, "Oh, I got another kid," and that's how it was crazy. Wow, it was insane. They but they knew it was so well known that because this was so common wow. and i like how you're saying like, the church has done such a good job about promoting justice because that's what jesus was about right mm. and you know like all of these mm. things and there have been so much that the church has created a culture of valuing life but on the same token and i i don't want to be naive and completely disregard this the church has done um also some not good, so good things Absolutely. as far as you know um the topic of abortion and how they are or we are not them. We right, are we, yeah, going about it that's in good. a not so loving way, right?
0: Yeah. No, it's 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 really sad. So there was this uh, there was this movement called the eugenics movement. <clears throat> um, it was uh, very popular not too long after the Enlightenment, which was in about the you know seventeen eighteen hundreds, and um, uh, basically it was a it was a, 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 a racist. Um, White supremacist idea. There's no other way around calling it that. Uh, it was the idea that r- races evolved at at different rates, mm-hmm. and there were some races that were far more evolved and therefore far more human. Um, and not only should we believe that that is a reality in the world, as far as how we develop our hierarchy, but we should believe that's a reality, and therefore we should cr- try to create societies where only fit races of people um, get to live and get to um, create society so that we can create a beautiful utopian society. And this was propagated by many people, but uh, Margaret Sanger was a huge uh, proclaimer and propagator of this idea. (coughs) Pardon me. And she um, brought this to America, and, and really the idea was exterminating unfit lives exterminating unfit lives and she was a part of the beginning of what is today planned parenthood but the unfortunate truth is while today most um conservative uh evangelicals would be against um abortion during that time period because of their racist beliefs they were actually for in many ways the eugenics movement which is in all honesty, terrifying to imagine. Absolutely, yeah.
1: No, absolutely. And that's just something you hear it and you're <coughs> like, oh my gosh, I hate that. That does not feel good. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something that we need to look at it and do better. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that that's the position, like, let's look, look at the Word of God. Let's look where we are in life. Let's look at, you know, um, just, it's so multifaceted. But also, mm-hmm. like, at the end of the just do better.
0: Yes, yes, do better. And, and, and really let our theological worldviews be what defines us as the church and so as this kind of evolved as we keep going through the history of of this conversation but basically what's crazy is not only were most conservatives uh, pro uh, this eugenics movement um, because they were um, racist but uh, Russell Moore talks about in his book Onward how the Southern Baptist Convention was actually pro-choice as late as the 1970s. Now, that's crazy. Yeah. No that's, one. It's would. not that. Yeah. It's, it's not that long. Yeah. Goodness. And so what kind of flipped? Well, I would love to believe I would love to believe that Christians made the flip simply theologically. But there was more to it. Unfortunately, the flip happened um, because after Roe v. Wade, this became a women's rights issue which um, for a lot of evangelicals, conservative evangelicals, a women's rights issue meant that it was liberal, it was communist, it was defying gender roles um, and uh, that we had set in society and and so it kind of pulled evangelicals away from the uh, pro-choice movement into the pro- life movement kind of across the board they believed in in, pro-life and and that it was not a woman's choice what to do with her body, but instead um, that it was murder and therefore it needed to be dealt with as such. Um, And Nina, what's really interesting is today you talk to most um, evangelicals and say, um, hey, what's the issue that just absolutely keeps you Republican. Mm-hmm. And most of them would say, oh, it's, it's abortion. It's Easy. the pro-life issue. Absolutely. But what's crazy is that that wasn't originally why evangelicals were so sold out to the GOP. Mm-hmm. Um, it, actually, uh, uh, Jamar Tisby talks about this um, in his book, The Color of Compromise. The issue that kind of galvanized and brought uh, conservative evangelicals into um, the GOP and into the Republican Party was actually to maintain segregated schools by using things like busing and, right. you know, yeah, absolutely. lining up certain districts. certain way. So so we get this sweet start where you start off with, like, <laughs> Jesus and yeah. children and then, right. and then all of a sudden here we are where evangelicals have just unfortunately um, for a lot of our history in America um, didn't do a, a, a very – great job of being consistent with our theological ethic i mean we were in many ways doing a lot of great things conserving good biblical theology um and enforcing that the bible was was true and it was um, um inerrant and it was sufficient and it was inspired by god but we had some inconsistencies and unfortunately that led us into some hypocrisy um but god bless now that um even with all the issues that you can find or holes that you can poke in the pro-life movement, um, there is a scriptural basis, absolutely. just like you quoted with Psalm one thirty-nine. Yeah, today at least, <clears throat> and that's uh, that's absolutely powerful. That now there is a there is a theological foundation that evangelicals are touting and saying, no, no, no. For there's a lot of reasons. Uh, there's a there's a lot of complexity to this, but at the end of the day, we believe that life starts at conception, and uh, that we are that we are. It should
1: be protected. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly.
0: I I so I I want to ask. I I think it's I think it's only fair that um, as a as a as a male that I give my content and my thoughts about this issue, but that I always yield this conversation to someone who's um much more likely to be affected by this issue is it so so a lot of times the conversation gets framed as either it's a life issue about the life of the child in the womb or it's a women's issue right. and that and that ends up being a little partisan um how would you how would you frame this issue as far as the as far as being a woman is would you call it a woman's issue or a life issue or See, this is
1: something I believe I'm still very split on because mm. one side of me is very much like it is a women's issue because the women, at the end of the day, are burdened with the decision on whether or not to have an abortion, right? Mm. It's coming from all sides. No, you shouldn't. Yes, you should. It's your body. Do what you want. And there's a lot of empowerment, but it's also like there's just a war from like all of these things internally that it's happening and then mm. externally and not to uh, mention, you know, like there's – support mm. from the boyfriend or the whoever's like whatever wow. the circumstances there's just so different but then also i want to i just even question like where are the men like what uh, why is this only the woman making decision it's wow. not every abortion that men are completely absent but i'm willing to uh, assert that most of it it is mm. and um wow. So I'm just, I'm so back and forth with it. But predominantly, I think I side with more of this is a this is a women's issue. Of course, it all boils down to this is a sin nature issue and we're mm-hmm. all just so broken. Right. Um, and I don't want to place the blame on women or men, but mm-hmm. I believe that there's equal negligence on both part mm-hmm. of having either unprotected sex or, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not wanting to or not even thinking you have the ability to care for this child right mm-hmm. you know so there's mm-hmm. just it's so multifaceted and I don't think there's one answer that gives it justice but immediate my immediate gut reaction would say it is a women's issue mm-hmm.
0: that's powerful that's powerful and and so it, 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 it's and, and so in that sense it's predominantly um, affecting women um, and even though we're we're believers here. We're not we're, we're not denying the reality that, um, the person who gets most hurt by this is is the vulnerable child, um, but predominantly this is going to affect um, women. In I, the majority, I, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I quite frankly is is um, I um, there's a lot of things I can do. I can read. I can write. I can um, eat a really good burger from uh, Whataburger um, I cannot get pregnant.
1: Yeah, and, th- and that's <laughs> not even to discount the the, the man mm. on the other side who mm. maybe, and I do believe that there are men out there who their significant other went and had an abortion, and that's not what they wanted. And that's mm. not to discount whatever experience they went through. But, yeah, at the core of the being, like, you can't have kids, but I can.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and, you know, you can't feel an abortion, but I can. Mm. And so there's something mm. that I believe we need to listen to both sides, um, but definitely listen very Closely and carefully um, to what the woman has to say in this situation. Yes,
0: absolutely. And what's what's crazy about it is it's so complex. There's so many factors happening um, in an issue like this that it actually tends to have a very uh, Race based element, absolutely. Uh, we, you know, we were talking about Margaret Sanger earlier, yes. early, yes, early, yes, yes. early, and, and uh, I said early, early. Wow, um, and, <laughs> we're gonna uh, get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you, we were we were talking beforehand. You had some really interesting statistics about how much this affects Black and Brown communities.
1: Absolutely. So, just absolutely the jarring statistics. So. Just reiterating, Sanger is the um, founder of Planned Parenthood, which Mm -hmm. performs most of the abortions in America nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, So over 79% of abortion offering um, facilities from Planned Parenthood are within walking distance of black or Hispanic neighborhoods. Oh my goodness,
0: walking distance. Walking distance. Not
1: driving a car, walking distance. And so you you even – there was a report, and it was, like, to increase the – and it was kind of framed in a way to increase, to give them more opportunities to seek other options, like, or i.e. abortion. Um, Mm -hmm. But just even the way that it was phrased, it was, like, there's so – it's just more implications on, okay, how is that affecting race itself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we were talking earlier about the statistic that – nearly half of all pregnancies among black women end in abortion and there are more black babies that are aborted than born alive
0: in 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 the city of new york
1: yes yeah in the city of new york
0: that's astounding and (laughs) it's not okay it's It's not not, okay
1: and i and i believe it's something that we need to be not complacent in um, not avoid it not be afraid to have these conversations mm-hmm. but like what can we do about like why is this what can we do about it and that's mm-hmm. what we'll be you know spending the majority of our time talking about wow.
0: yeah that's it's it, it, it's it's really astounding the 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 race element that this has to it I mean I, I think it you know we'll we'll talk more about race issues in the in the podcast in the future but it it it's uh, it, it's really astounding Not only how disproportionately this issue affects um, the African American community, but just how much more predisposed they are to this issue affecting them. I was reading this this statistic and it was talking about um, uh, not only infant mortality, but uh, maternal mortality. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, black women are three times more likely. Um, to be affected by um, infant mortality than white women. Three times more likely. Um, and, uh, and white women um, in America, uh, out of the 100,000 um, uh, birth procedures, um, 12.4 of them, uh, they have a 12.4 rate of them ending um, in, in death. The black uh, maternal mortality rate is forty out of every one hundred thousand uh, uh, pregnancy birth procedures. The gap there is astounding. Absolutely, yeah. And, and so when you have numbers like that, I think one of the reasons that this that this also is a is a race issue is you're you're going to have communities that are going to be far more tempted and uh, have a far more leaning um, to engage in an abortion when there really aren't two other, two other, uh, too many other health care opportunities for them
1: absolutely and they're even being targeted with the 79 percent of Planned Parenthoods are in walking distance it's like that for a reason you have to think of the why behind it and mm-hmm. and I, I think on both sides of why Planned Parenthood put it there to have you know make more money for uh, you know yes by per- performing yes. abortions but also yes. of like why are people women specifically women of color going and having abortion like why is that can we talk about healthcare? The access of healthcare? The quality of healthcare that they yes. have versus the white that's woman?
0: That's huge. That's huge. Um That's why you're gonna have the that's why you're gonna have the mortality rate that's just so much higher. Is because of the lack of access to affordable health care.
1: Right, and, and just simply resources, prenatal mm-hmm. vitamins, things like mm-hmm. that. You have to like I wholeheartedly believe that it is and maybe this is just me thinking the best of a situation that abortion is not the best option as women we are naturally nurturing on different variations Mm -hmm. right but Mm -hmm. we want to protect children we want to love them we are created to have them for Mm -hmm. a reason Mm -hmm. our natural inclination would not be to go have an abortion right there's always a reason behind it right
0: right And, and so for it to be happening there there must be there there must be very difficult situations and and that brings in the next issue of complexity with this is, is there's a huge poverty element to this as well. Absolutely, yeah. I, I just saw this in kind of researching. Um, but 75% of abortions are done by people in poverty. 75%. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it. You like, so so one of the things that I think happens in a conversation like this when we're talking about um, abortion is we make it just a strictly morality issue and it is because we're talking about if we believe that life begins at conception um, murder but clearly the elements of access given to people of, in black and brown communities and the um, large disparity in resources of health care and money and um, <clears throat> the, all the different things that it takes um, for a woman to not be faced with that choice are, are, going, to, are going to slant this conversation into, we, we also probably need to have a conversation not just about strict morality, but about resourcing these black and brown communities so that we can decrease right abortion like
1: what what can we do to help the mom feel supported and loved mm-hmm. and to carry out the entirety of the pregnancy but not just for when the baby is born but afterwards to mm. support it through you know life on and that's mm-hmm. not being completely codependent or just giving like just giving away money right but right. i do believe there should be better programs because i on the right side and maybe this is a bit harsh but we are so there are people just so gung-ho about no abortion no, abor- no abortions but mm-hmm. as soon as the baby is born they want nothing to do with it that's and it is it. a welfare leech that's and that it. is something that is not okay and that's, that's not something it. every conservative says that is actually a very harsh statement I, um, but you know it's someone who is dependent and someone who is a burden mm-hmm. like we were mm-hmm. saying earlier mm-hmm. and it's like like, let's look at that like why mm-hmm. why are we saying things like that you yeah.
0: know yeah and I, and I mean like I, I, I think while it would be unfair to put that on all conservatives I think it would be fair to say maybe they don't maybe they don't use that language but that is that is a mindset that has been amongst conservatives for a while I mean Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan themselves use the language of welfare queens Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like and so it's like that that is language that was and I mean I say Ronald Reagan because he is the most respected and beloved Republican president, um, probably besides Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely definitely up there. Yeah, for in a, sure. In American society and by the Republican Party. And so like, for him to use that kind of language, um, th- it, there is a sense in which it, it, that type of language and that type of mindset is really steep and deep within um, the conservative party. And, and while they have great theology and morality on this issue maybe we just need to have better policies um, because quite frankly I, I, I think there's a there's a bit of an inconsistency and a hypocrisy when and and, le- and let me pull back there and even frame it this way if, if the pro-life side really wants to win this debate if you want to win this if you really want to like lessen abortions, Persuade the left, then you got to do what the early church did. The early church didn't just deal with infanticide; they treated women well.
1: Absolutely. You
0: know they they took care of the poor. They took care of themselves and the poor so well that uh, um, opponents of the church had to admit, man, they take care of our poor better than we do. Right. And so if it, it. the like you were mentioning the hypocrisy behind saying pro life but then affirming and fighting for policies that put women in the position where they are desperate and have to make hard decisions is pretty you know it's 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 damning to the conversation
1: right and even to take it out politically even if it's like okay what do those policies look like i don't necessarily have an answer for you but i do know Mm -hmm. organizations who are warring behalf of on behalf of these children and on behalf of this woman so maybe volunteer with them maybe Mm -hmm. adopt maybe be a foster parent you know there's so many politically yes it's such a big thing um Mm -hmm. and it it affects the culture in which we live in and abortions itself but also like you don't have to feel so trapped behind of like who do i vote for how does this look logistically Mm -hmm. you know
0: you, yeah, you can st- you can you can step into all these different avenues and all these different organizations and nonprofits who have stepped up and said, "Look, we we, we want to take care of children," and I think I think it just gives the argument so much more strength. But even back on the political tip, um, you know, as conversations come up about livable wages. Um, uh, Access to affordable health care, especially for, um, of of course, with the word affordable, for um, poverty-stricken communities, you have to listen to those conversations. Absolutely. You you can't say, I'm pro-life, but I'm not even going to entertain the conversations of livable wage and and affordable health care and um, being careful not to overly privatize education and healthcare and different things like, and, and different um, tax reforms and things like that, particular tax cuts that um, unfortunately cut programs that, that do help and aid um, uh, under-resourced communities. You gotta dig into that stuff um, or at least be willing to entertain or listen to those things, um, or else you're you're creating the very problem that you're trying to get rid of. I, I right. got one more statistic um, that is that shows that pretty clearly. So President Obama, um, my man, I love President Obama. Um, I really <laughs> yeah, do. I absolutely, mean, just, a, just, a, just a shining example of a of a of a of a just articulate, just stand up man. Um, was one of the most pro-choice, pre- the most pro-choice president this nation's ever seen. Absolutely,
1: and he did it with his. And he, he made a state uh, statement mm-hmm. about: had my daughters been in this position, I want them to have the choice themselves. So I believe the statement that he and the policy is definitely reflected the mm-hmm. love he had, and at the core, being I believe that each each side, right, left, mm-hmm. left and right, at their hearts. It's love, right? Love yes. for the woman, love for the child. It's love, and it, their desire is to seek life. And it may look differently, but like, yes. let's have this conversation: how we can meet in the middle, right?
0: Yeah. We don't. We, we, there's no need to demonize the other side, absolutely. Because the truth is, what's crazy is under his presidency, since Roe v. Wade, we had the lowest amount of abortions in American history. Yeah. You know, and and I know there's other factors. You know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, there was there was uh there was uh, uh what's that where you where you show the child in the womb uh, ultrasound yes there was ultrasound things where they were literally revealing children in the womb there was um a lot of uh uh excellent propaganda of uh, it's weird to call it excellent but it was at least convincing of like showing um uh what the procedure of an abortion looks like Right, which was you know, kind of devastating to uh, to a lot of the um, to a lot of the uh, pro-choice advocates. But I mean, I, I think there was there were other things that were going on. But 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 at its core, it was he was putting in policies that were actually resourcing those communities that were decreasing the need for a woman to make a drastic choice.
1: Right, absolutely, um, and I, I think that's something of. Um, it's it's a lot more difficult, right? These are a lot more complex, but uh, it's simplistic, I think just eradicating abortions aren't, it's not going to completely eradicate death. If anything, mm-hmm. it's going to increase more, which is a huge plus, I think, in the pro-life movement, of mm-hmm. women are going to go get back alley abortions, and that's just a harsh reality, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like we were saying, like let's cultivate a culture in which we help the women so that they don't feel so helpless that this is what they have to do. Right.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and uh, I I want to tap into you more as a resource. So I, all I can do is read books, you know. Like yeah. All I can do is is uh, study data on this types on this type of thing. But but I mean you 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 know women who face this type of thing.
1: Absolutely. So we were talking earlier, and <coughs> I was just explaining how um, I know a handful of women who have had an abortion, and I know men who have been on the um, other side of their partners having an abortion, and even just uh, Talking about, so I grew up in a very um, liberal sort of mindset, in mm. that, you know, even within second grade or seventh grade, sorry, seventh grade, my friends and I were just sitting in the circle and we were talking about how, um, you know, of course, no one wants to get pregnant when you're in seventh grade. Um, and it's even heartbreaking that just I even remember having this conversation at such a young age, but had an abortion um, come up we would say yes like this is something that we were okay with doing because it was just a clump of cells and it was a lack of knowledge honestly Mm -hmm. and no one was willing to have the conversation with us like I remember Mm -hmm. no one was having conversation about birth control or anything like that the access to it was well we had to go buy it but we were so young like we didn't have you know it was just like Mm -hmm. it was so crazy and this is something like as a Christian I look back at my life then because I wasn't and it was just like there's so much there's just like heartache so like I realized being a woman and being faced with, you know, like, pregnancy scares and how, like, abortions can be tempting um, because it just seems like a, a an end, right, a solution. But actually it is so very damaging to the women itself, like, to the women themselves because mm. three per, or the woman who has an abortion is three times more likely to commit suicide after the abortion, right? Wow. And 60% of women after abortions have a emotional distress such as PTSD um And just even the jarring statistic of 25% of women, and this is worldwide, right, Mm -hmm. are likely to have an abortion by 45. And that's crazy. So that's everyone within the world. And it's just like, and like we were saying earlier of, you know, is this a women's issue? And I don't know, it's kind of... um,
0: It's complex. It's it's
1: very complex. But at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, this is something that women have (laughs) to face. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it should be viewed through the lens of grace um, Mm. because this is something that... Like in Genesis chapter three, right? There's so much deception that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking at it, and uh, he said to the woman, "Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden?" And I and I think you know you can almost hear him saying, "Did God really say that abortion is bad?" Or and that's even mm-hmm. le- viewing through the lens that these people are Christians, and you can't assume that everyone's Christian, so you can't put on them that you know, that Mm -hmm. this is wrong. Because maybe they don't know that. Maybe they don't have all the information. Maybe they do think it's just a clump of cells and what they're doing is completely okay. Or, you know, they're just trying to better themselves. Or or I just just want to give, it's just a medical Mm -hmm. procedure. I just want to, I just want, I don't want my child to live in what I had to go through. Mm -hmm. And on all of those things we should listen to them, but we should also address like, us within ourselves we have been deceived you know i can look back in my life and i'm sure you can too Mm. look back and decisions well i didn't have all the information Mm. or you know i just simply was so selfish that i chose wrong right but there's Mm. deception at the core of it and there's grace beyond measure with Whether or not you've had an abortion, whether or not you funded an abortion, whether or not um, you know women, I believe that all of these things should be, we should be very introspective of that. We have all messed up. There's so much grace. Let's be loving and let's be caring and let's foster. Let's foster a culture that is passionate about the widow, the orphan, right? Mm. Let's be better. Let's do Mm. the next thing.
0: Maybe if we were passionate about this, this would be much less of an issue. Absolutely. And you you said something that was so powerful earlier that I think we got to dig into because one of the big things that we want to do with this podcast is pull pull the conversation away from partisan, and pull it to kingdom, and pull it to um, a dialogue, battle of ideas, like just uh, just people thinking and talking through and 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 compromising to some extent. I know that's not a, always the most positive word, but um, but one of the things that we always have to be. I, I one of the things that sometimes conservatives can do that's not fair to the other side is not just portray that someone's pro-choice but that they're pro-abortion right and any person on the left and I and I, and I mean atheists to you know uh, to Christian would, would literally look them in the face and say how would anyone be pro-abortion right no, no one's pro-abortion People are pro women having to think through a very difficult, complex situation with a lot of external variables and having to make tough decisions and giving them the space to make that decision. And so, whether you can, we can believe that that decision is immoral um, ultimately. But what we need to do is give the grace to remember that the other side is not demonic. Absolutely. You know, I've literally heard pastors stand on stages and say the Democratic Party is just a platform of sin. And I'm like, don't do that. (laughs) Right, (laughs) yeah. They're not barbaric. This is not actual infanticide. You're not, Mm -hmm. you know, while we've shown from church history that we appreciate um, babies and uh, that the early church did as well, this is not the exact same situation because people are not putting children out to die. Um, This is... This is the left trying to figure out a complicated argument and, and they're thinking on behalf of women um, and we could say they're not making the best decision, but they're not barbaric. And I think, I think if we can begin to, to look at the left in a more positive light and actually have conversations, um, I think we can realize that just like you said earlier, both sides want to have as very little abortions in America as possible.
1: Right. They just do. Yeah, and so how do we reach that? What are some, uh, you know, books, resources that we can get into? I know you had a a book in mind. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. It's, uh, so unfortunately, um, a lot of the books that I read that address this issue, that's not the focal point of the book. Mm. The focal point of the book is just a lot of um, uh, uh, issues, especially that are affecting minorities and poor people, um, so I don't I, there's one book that I've read that is at least going it's at least going help you understand the conservative uh, theological mindset. Uh, it's Wayne Grudem's book uh, Politics According to the Bible. In fairness, it's politics according to the Republican Party but he's got some <laughs> great he's got some great <laughs> theological points in there especially on this issue. He's got a chapter on abortion in that book and it is it's great. It, it's a really healthy, read a really healthy understanding of um, not just the conservative side, but of theologically why um, Christians believe that life begins at conception and that we need to honor and protect life from an early age or from, from the beginning. Um, and also um, uh, a, a, an incredible podcast uh, called uh, Pass the Mic Um, by Jamar Tisby and Tyler Burns. I referenced Jamar Tisby's book, The Color of Compromise, earlier in the podcast, and um, the the name of the uh, podcast on this issue is called Abortion in the Black Community. It's very eye-opening. Completely will help you understand why um, African Americans tend to vote Democratic and think Democratic on this issue, and why that does not make, and, and a side note here, I think we also, Uh, have to do a very good job of you did a great job of talking about like how complex and hard this issue is for women and how easy it is to be deceived not know the facts not know all the different things that are going on I think we got to be very careful um, as evangelical Christians when we come out and say it's murder it's wrong that we are not framing the people who end up having to go and choose to do this procedure the most black and brown people as murderers.
1: Right. Can we hold a different set of people? Maybe people who have all of the knowledge, like <laughs> yes. the people who are doing the procedures themselves. Yes. Like, let's look at, like, let's hold different <clears> people accountable. Like ultimately at the end of the day, we make our own decisions. And yes, there is a certain accountability that we will have before God. But also like, let's let's look at all of the variables, right? Not Absolutely. just place it specifically on the people who have had abortions themselves.
0: Absolutely. And this podcast is going to help you understand the black community's perspective on this issue, why they think the way they do on this issue and that it's of course not murderous it's just it's complicated
1: right absolutely um a couple other things that i have i've um personally worked with every single one of these and i'm so very passionate about what they do in life one the coalition for life if you go on their Mm. website it's just coalition for life they have resources for both men and women which i absolutely love they have support groups they have retreats they have um, information um, as far as what, and they even have a link on there for women who actually want to go forward and have an abortion. And they mm-hmm. have an individual counselor that meets with the woman and, and gives them all of these options. Um, there's a movement by Silent No More called I Regret My Abortions. So you can actually speak with someone who has had an abortion themselves, what they went through physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely Uh, amazing Mm. what they do. Um, Save the storks, and I know this is a lot, but track with me, it's really important. Save the storks. They actually have vans that go out in under-resourced communities and let women actually see their babies. So they have ultrasounds in the vans, um, and it's a statistic of 80% of the women who step in their vans outside of the abortion clinics is where they're usually parked Mm. do not have an abortion. Wow. Just solely based on the fact that they see their baby, and (laughs) they give them resources with local prenatal clinics, um, like one in Bryan College Station, Hope Pregnancy Center. We also Mm -hmm. have one in Bryan. The prenatal (coughs) clinic is literally what it's called. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, So just organizations like those, if you are confused as to what side of the the spectrum you fall on, right, left, what do I do with policies, how do I vote? Um, So, yes, that is so important. Vote, but also get involved with these communities, pray for them, Mm -hmm. volunteer with them, give financially if you can. (coughs) Mm -hmm. Um, There are just so many options out there for you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's powerful. That's powerful. And that... I think as 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 we've kind of thought through this issue on just so many angles, <laughs> there's so much more to think through, and so much more to talk about, and so many more books to read and resources to read, and all these different things. But I I think um I think one of the main things we want to do is we want to humanize everyone in this situation, the woman, um, the person who's pro-choice, the person who's pro-life. We want to challenge everyone, uh, especially challenge. Um, the people who um, may be the most morally and theologically correct on this issue, but but we need some other things to get working for us so that we can actually tackle this issue, and it's more than just being right morally and theologically, but it's being empathetic.
1: And hearing out our brothers and sisters, Absolutely.
0: right? Um, and so um, we hope we've given a good perspective on this. I mean, we hope that as you continue to tune in with us that— the biggest thing is we don't want to give answers, we want to give perspective um, from a biblical and kingdom um, and minority mindset. Um, and so <clears throat> you may think that everything you heard just now was some of the most brilliant commentary ever and thank you so much because I study so hard and I know Nina does and, and uh, thank you for being enlightened by our wisdom. Or you may think they're green, and naive, and don't know what the heck you're just talking about. Trash. And you know what the reality is you're right.
1: Probably 110 percent. and there's you can email <laughs> us at the show at gmail.com. Let us know we're here. We want to have these conversations on the way we started this podcast. Please if you have anything to say if you have any questions, comments, concerns, challenges, you said this, what do you mean by that like clarifications, uh, feel free to email us. Josh and I both check it regularly so you can get get a hold of us there.
0: All right guys tune in with us next time. We enjoyed having you. We want to keep dialoguing with you, not just dialoguing at you. And uh, thank you so much for joining us.